0: word for us he has a rima a special rima for us today now today i want to talk to us about something important or god wants to speak to you and i about something important reach hallelujah amen well then let's look at job chapter 41 verse 19 job chapter 41 and verse 19 out of his mouth go burning torches, sparks of fire leap forth. Hallelujah! Like I'm saying, let's focus and let's uh, 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 ask God. If I let's ask God now, oh God, speak to me today. May I hear your word and may your word benefit me. And uh, 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 I Lord, speak to me. Yes, Lord, speak to me, speak to me, speak to, me, speak to, me, speak to my heart. Speak to my mind in the name of Jesus. A word mm. is oh God. A word for my life, a word and for me and in a word of Jesus. Speak to, to me particularly. Oh a word of God in season, oh God. According to your divine text in Jesus' name. Amen. Like I was saying, if, you are, if, you are, if you are watching in church, stay tuned because this is going to be very important for us. Amen. stay till the end stay your course Amen. and finish this message because it is going to change your life Hallelujah, and it's going to be a blessing to you in Amen. Jesus name now let's also turn our Bibles to, to get the, the message Matthew chapter 10 verse 16 Matthew chapter 10 verse 16 says Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. I'll repeat that. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And then Job forty-one nineteen, 19, NESB says, out of his mouth, go burning torches, sparks of fire leap forth. So God is telling you and I that we should be wise like serpents. We shouldn't be like serpents, but we should take their wisdom. The way serpents are able to camouflage and are able to, 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 to thrive by hiding and all their wisdom. God is telling you and I that we should be wise as serpents and harmless as drabs. Then God is also telling you and I that our mouths have power. Our mouth, going out of our mouth, can be burning torches against the enemy. Can I have an amen? So, today I want us to just waiting for the meeting today so to be a bit easier. Amen. Ma- so, God wants us to be masters of the power of the mouth because there is power in our words. The Bible says in James that the mouth, the tongue, even though it is very small, it is so unruly sometimes, and it takes people's lives in the wrong direction. And our mouths also can take us in the right direction. So depending, of what you, what, depending on what you do with your mouth, what you say with your mouth, it will either guide you in the right direction or take you off. The Bible says that the mouth, the tongue, even though it is small, it is similar to a, a rudder or, 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 or the small rubber that controls the ship. The huge ship is controlled by a small thing. I should steer it to the left or to the right. So that's why James 3:5 says, even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a manner, a matter, a little fire kindled. So the tongue is very, very important. Then it goes on in verse 6. You see, and the tongue is a fire. A world of iniquity, so is the tongue among the members, that it defiled the whole body and set it on fire, the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. Number seven, for every kind of beast and of bird and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and have been tamed of mankind. So things that are stronger than human beings have been able to be tamed by human beings. A bear, a lion. Hallelujah, verse 8. But the tongue can no maintain, and it is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. Verse 9. <laughs> there will bless be God, even the Father, and there will curse we men, which are made all after the similitude of God. So he goes on to talk about the tongue. So now we need to know how to master the tongue. Can I have an Amen. Mastering the tongue is going to either set you and I in the right path or away from the right path. The Bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. What you and I say can frame our world. Hallelujah. Jesus said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. What is in your heart will come out of your mouth. Then what is in my heart and in your heart will determine where we would be in the what is in my heart now will determine whether I will be successful in the future or a failure in the future. Will determine how high I can go, how far I can go in this life. All of that is in my heart. Now, you and I cannot really know what is in our hearts, except it comes out of our tongue. Because out of the depth and the abundance of our hearts, our mouths will speak. Hallelujah. Snakes are wise because they use their mouths as weapons to fight, to win, and to dominate their enemies. Snakes. Snakes have venom, and they have a way of dominating their enemies. So any Christian will be wise when they use their mouths as a weapon to fight, and to win, and to dominate. Hallelujah. Our mouths can be used. That's why God says that we can use our mouths to make success, or we can use our mouths to be failures. Hallelujah. Every Christian has been given some power in their mouth. Hallelujah. Even our salvation comes to us when we open our mouths and confess what we believe in our hearts. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For it is with the heart that man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Hallelujah. To be wise as a serpent, you must use the gift and the grace God has given to you. You and I must learn to develop the power of the mouth. Look at Proverbs chapter 6, verse 2. Proverbs 6, verse 2 says, Thou art snared by the words of thy mouth, or thou art lured, or uh, 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 as a bait entrapped by the words of thy mouth. So God is saying that what we say can ensnare us, can entrap us, can, can make us a bait that has been taken. Thou art taken. With the words of thy mouth, that word taken is to be caught, to be caught as a bait, to be, to be taken over. So the Bible is saying that by the words of thy mouth, we can be entrapped and smeared and taken and caught. By who? By the devil. By wrong things, by wrong circumstances. You and I, just by what we see, you can be at work doing very well at work. And by the words of your mouth, it will be a different story. Failure will come. You can be in a marriage, and based on what you see, it can destroy your marriage, or it can bless your marriage. Based on what you and I see, we can frame our wells. Hallelujah. Some people are able to use their mouths as a weapon more successfully than others. Because we also must use our mouths in spiritual warfare. That's why the Bible says, look, Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. You and I have the power to bind, to loose in the name of Jesus. I don't know, I'm preaching to somebody. Let us become strong proclaimers and confessors of the word of faith. Hallelujah. Now, I want to give us four ways we can use the power in our mouths always remember that we are talking about masters of the powers of the mouth and it is very very important many people use their mouths to lie many people use their mouths to, to speak deceit many people use their mouths to speak treachery but the, the bible says he who he, he who he who would love life and see good days let him refrain his tongue from speaking lies, and his tongue from speaking deceit. Think about it. He who who would love to see good days. If you and I want to see good days in life, if you and I want to see happy days, if you and I want to see long life, if you and I want to see success, the Bible says that we must be careful to keep our mouths from speaking evil and our lips from speaking deceit, treachery. And there are so many people who speak treachery. Lies are not good. First Peter 3.10, lies are not good at all. And like I always keep saying, lies bring the devil to the relationship. Lies give power to Satan. You have given power, power to Satan by lying. Lies are not good. Because Satan was a murderer from the beginning. Satan is the father of lies. So anyone who lies has called Satan their father indirectly. Because Satan is the father of lies. So always remember. So, so sometimes, when you, if, if you catch yourself lying, correct it. Don't lie. Because lies, some people feel that lies are small. I mean, small lies. Lies, lies are not a big deal. Lies are not as big as fornication. Lies are not as big as a a, a murder. Lies are not as big as witchcraft. Let me show you a verse in Revelation. Let's turn to Revelation. Okay. Revelation chapter 21, verse 8. I'll read that. I use the King James. But the fearful and unbelieving and abominable, so the fearful, if you are someone who is constantly in fear, it doesn't mean you are tempted to fear or you fear from time to time, but you are a fearful person throughout, at least according to the Bible. The unbelieving, the abominable, those who do abominable acts, the abominable, sorceress, no, abominable, murderess, whore those who are whore or prostitute and just go off, and sorceress, and idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in in, in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So God has linked lies to murder, to unbelief, to fear, to whoremongering, to sorceress. So you, the pe- pe- person who lies will, will, will be in the same place as the whoremonger, the person who prostitutes. Now, we are not talking about one or two lies, but when people lie and they keep lying, their conscience is seared. As they keep lying, 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 before you realize they lie at will, they lie without thinking about it, and they become liars. And then they lie against the truth. Another aspect of lies is people who lie against the Bible, people who use the Bible to lie, people who twist the Bible and lie on the Bible or lie with the Bible. And people who are liars and at their point, they become pathological liars. They lie at will. Liars are linked with hormongous, murderers. Also means that fearful people, unbelieving, of course, if unbelievers will find their part in the lake of fire, but fearful people also. It doesn't mean when I'm, hey, I'm afraid, so it means I'm going to hell. No. It means that if you are a person who lives in fear constantly, It means that the spirit of fear has come and has, is abiding in your mind and in your body. And that spirit of fear would send you to hell because the fearful people will do things that are led by evil spirits. Second Timothy 1.7 says, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. And this spirit of fear is not the spirit or or the the, the attitude of fear. It includes that, but the spirit spirit of fear, there's there's a spirit that brings fear. There's a demonic entity. There is an evil spirit of fear. Yeah, that comes and, 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 and causes people to act in a certain way. Fear, if anyone is afraid and acts on their fears, an evil spirit led them and it will only lead them to hell. It does not mean that when you are afraid, you are being led by an evil spirit. But what do you do with the fear? Do you allow the fear to control you? Do you, do you allow the fear to cause you to act in a way you are not supposed to act? Can I have an Amen. So you and I must be very careful with what we use our mouths to do. Now, there are four ways you and I can use the power in our mouth. Number one, develop, you can use the power in your mouth to develop your ability to speak forth positive confessions about your life and about your ministry. Because every Christian is called. Do they accept the call is the question. So everyone has their ministry. Was it last week or the week before we started? We talked about, yeah, last week we talked about a deficiency prayer, to know the hope of your calling or of your ministry, your calling. Some people's ministry is to finance the gospel with millions of dollars. I see myself that way and you that way also. Some people's ministry and calling is to preach the gospel. Some people's ministry, the list goes on, is to be a helper. Hallelujah. So, develop your ability to speak forth positive confessions about your life and your ministry. You and I must learn the art of speaking positive things. Oh, whether when you are bathing, whatever you are doing, Father God, I thank you that my body is perfectly healthy, that my cells are divinely healthy, that my cells are healthy and I, I, I thank you for healthy cells. My bones are healthy. My nerves are healthy. My brain is healthy. My organs are healthy. My ligaments are healthy. Thank you, oh God, in the name of Jesus, confessing it on a regular basis, on a regular basis, that your organs are healthy, that your cells are healthy. Cells are than Cells. Cancer is messed, cells gone, gone crazy. Damaged cell, instead of dying, and the new cell's coming, the damaged cell does not die and decides to multiply. It takes another tangent. Hallelujah. Amen. So very, very important. Now, what verse can we use for that? Mark chapter 11, verse 23. Mark chapter 11, verse 23. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he said shall come to pass, he, and therefore she, shall have whatsoever he saith. Now let's analyze this verse properly, very important. Jesus is saying, for verily I say unto you, That whosoever, now this is very important, before we find out what the whosoever means, let's look for what the word whosoever means. When we are able to discover what whosoever means, anything after the whosoever will apply to the people the whosoever means. Does that make sense? Now, whosoever, that word whosoever means everyone. Now, John chapter 3, verse 16, that word, whosoever is there. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So if that whosoever is for those of yesterday and yesteryear or their Bible days, then we are all cut off salvation. That's rubbish. That word, whosoever, means any human being. No matter who it is, any human being, so long as they... Uh, accept jesus christ they are saved for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth the key is believing whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life that word whosoever applies for you and i that's why you and i can say without a doubt that we are saved now mark 11 23 that's saying whosoever is there so anything after the whosoever means me oh if mark john chapter six uh, john chapter three sorry, John 3.16, if John chapter 3 verse 16 means me, then you bet that the whosoever in Mark chapter 11 uh, uh, verse 23 means me. Why should it be that the whosoever in John 3.16 means me, and then the whosoever in Mark chapter 11 verse 23 doesn't mean me? According to who? The devil? Most likely. Now let's read it again. For very I see unto you that whosoever, now anything after the whosoever applies to you, Whosoever shall say, who glory to God, shall say unto this mountain, Jesus was looking at a literal mountain, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, so mountain be removed, and shall not doubt in his heart, so confessing and declaring that the mountain be moved, and does not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that the things that they are saying will happen. Once you don't doubt in your heart, but you believe that what you said will happen, it will happen. Exactly. And verse 22, Mark 11, 22 says, Jesus answered and saith unto them, have faith in God. Now, we all know about the synoptic gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke are synoptic gospels. John is the one on its own. So Matthew, Mark, Luke talk about, most of the time they they, they talk about similar events, but in the perspective of Matthew, Mark, Luke, because Matthew, there's a quick history. Matthew was writing, he wrote the, the gospel of Matthew to the Jewish people church to prove that Jesus is Messiah from Jesus to David to Abraham. That's why Matthew's genealogy of Jesus uh, starts with Abraham, ends with Jesus. Using Joseph's side to give Jesus the legal right to the throne. That's Matthew. He wanted to prove that. Luke was writing to a, a Gentile, the Gentiles. Luke was writing as a historical event to everyone. So he wrote the book of Luke and Acts to Theophilus. So Luke was giving a historical account of what Jesus began to do and to teach. That's why when you go to Acts chapter 1 and Luke chapter 1, you see Theophilus there. Now Luke is giving an account because he wants to give the history. He gives a, 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 the history of Jesus' genealogy from Adam to Mary to Jesus. Can I have an amen? So it's very, very important to know that when you, you see certain uh, Jairus' daughter. You see the healing of, of Peter's mother-in-law. You see them in about two or sometimes three of the of, 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 uh, Synoptic Gospels. So you also see the same fig tree event, which led to Mark chapter 11, verse 23. You see that also in Matthew, where Jesus, the Bible says that Jesus said in Matthew that anyone who anyone can take tell this mountain to move to Yonder place and it will follow him. And then Jesus said, there will be nothing impossible to anyone who believes. And anyone who has faith, as small as a mustard seed, can tell the mountain to move to yonder place and it will obey him. So it means that our words are so powerful. Our words have power. Our, we- our words can, fr- can frame our wells. Our words can frame our wells. So God is telling you and I to use our faith and to speak concerning our lives. Speak concerning good things about your life. Say that, yes, that business is mine. Say that my business is flourishing. Say that my job, I'm going to be the head of my, I'm going to eventually be manager, CEO, whatever you want to do. Confess it. Confess that you are going to do well in your exams. But as you are confessing it, make sure you are studying hard. Because the two go, go hand in hand. You can't confess that I'm going to do well at work and be relaxing. Then you don't believe what you are saying because there's a thing about believing and receiving. Look at Romans chapter 10, verse 7. Romans chapter 10, verse 7. They are going from 7 to 8. Or actually 7 to 10. We've read 9 and 10 already, but let's see the context of it. Hallelujah. Very, very important that we understand this. Or who shall descend into the dead? That is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what seeth it in verse 8? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thine heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. The word of God should be near you and I, even in our mouths. And in our hearts, because what is in our hearts is going to come out of our mouths. So if the word of God is rich in our hearts, then what is going to come out of our mouth is going to be based on the word of God and our faith. There's something about speaking what you believe. That's why let's continue in verse 9 and 10. That if thou shalt confess to thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thy heart that God has risen from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth... Confession is made unto salvation, or confession of what you believe is made unto salvation. So you and I must confess what we believe to be saved. Very, very important. So it means that the word of of God should be rich in me, and then I'll be able to confess the word. Glory to God. I shall live and not die. I shall declare the works of the Lord. Oh, I am rich because Jesus Christ was rich, and He became poor, so that through His poverty I will be rich. You are confessing. I will be the head and not the tail. In fact, not that I would be. That's hope, faith. I am the head and not the tail. I am the lender and not the borrower, because hope is future, faith is now. I am. I have wisdom. The Bible says, "In wisdom's left hand are riches and honor." And in his right hand, long life. I have long life. Everything is working together for my good. Thank you, O oh God, that no matter what is happening, all things are working together for my good. You are using the Bible to confess positive things about your life. Thank you, O oh God, that you've not given me the spirit of fear. Meanwhile, you are afraid, but you are confessing. Thank you, O oh God, that you have not given me the spirit of fear, but you have given me the spirit of power, love, and of a sound mind. Thank you, Lord, that fear cannot touch me. There you go you are confessing oh i feel sad i feel depressed i feel down who oh, is there a scripture for it when you know the bible there's a scripture for it thank you oh god that you have removed the spirit of heaviness and you have given me the garment of praise thank you oh god that you have given you have removed the spirit of despair it is gone it doesn't exist in my life meanwhile you are sad but you are confessing it because it is confession that is unto your victory oh Thank you, O God, that you've removed the spirit of of disillusionment and of despair, and you are giving me the emblem, the the symbol of joy, of, of blessing. You are confessing the word. You are confessing that I am not poor. I am not weak because your strength is made perfect in my weakness. Thank you, oh God, that you have started a good work and you are continuing it. You will continue it and perfect it. You are confessing what the Bible says. Develop your ability to speak for positive confessions about your life and about your ministry. Thank you, oh God, that I am an evangelist. Or thank you, oh God, that I am a a millionaire financing the gospel. Thank you, oh God. Thank you. It It cannot be not true. But you are proving what you are saying as you are giving to support the gospel because if you are not faithful in the little, how can you be faithful in much it said the angels will even be mocking no, well, they, they come the demons will be mocking the angels will be confused <laughs> because i am someone anyone i'm telling you now anyone watching me if you say that you are someone who god has is you going to use to finance the gospel and there's healing jesus crusade a, a, a ben mp or there's uh, 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 any crusade to, to sponsor, or there is church building, or there is a cathedral, or there is offering, or there is tithe, and you are not giving it. As you are confessing that you are someone who is a financier of the gospel, there's a disconnect. Because if you are not faithful in this, the 100,000, or 50,000, or $20,000 a year, or whatever you are earning, you are not faithful in giving, whether it's $20, or $50, or any amount you can give, you are not faithful in it. Why wow, God, the wise, all oh, wise creator of the universe, give you a million dollars? So we must confess and act the confession. I'm acting in faith because as I say that I'm confessing, I believe in my confession, and I've started the proof of my belief by doing what I need to do. So you and I, we must learn to speak positive things. Oh. The sickness, oh, my sickness has come again. My sickness, no, that is giving power to Satan. Because, and who said it's your sickness? Sickness does not belong in heaven. Sick, there's no sickness in heaven. Sickness never originated from heaven. Sickness, did not originate from you and I, but from the devil through Adam's sin. So how can it be that it is your sickness? Why have you accepted it? Why is it yours? I preach preaching, Hallelujah. Why not the sickness? The sickness is trying to come. But thank be, blessed be God, that Jehovah Rapha is my healer, my physician. That's how to talk. First, acknowledge that the sickness is trying to come. When Kenneth Hagin said that he's not had a headache in 50 years or 40 years, it does not mean that he was not tempted to have a headache. It means that a headache will come and then you say, in Jesus' name, I rebuke this headache in Jesus' name. I will not allow the headache to come. And then the headache will still be there until it disappears and disappears. That's what it means by I've not had a headache since 1940 something or whatever this is. So in the same way, let's confess the sickness is trying to come, but blessed be God, it cannot come. My mind is telling me wrong things. My mind is sad. My mind is, 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 is the, the devil is trying to take over my mind, but the devil is a liar and Jesus is true. And my mind is clean, my mind is pure, my mind is healthy. Oh, the bank manager is telling me that I'm foreclosing. But blessed be God, the bank manager means nothing. God is telling me that he will build me houses. God is telling me that, you understand, we must learn to confess and, and, and even more so when things are not going well. That's when the confessions need to come. That's when the positive confessions need to come. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is the apostle and high priest of our profession. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1, or 3, verse 1. I think it's 3-1. Is that right? Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1 or 2 verse 1. Let's get it. Jesus Christ, the apostle and high priest of our profession. So it means that Jesus Christ, 3 verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. So he, when we profess our faith in Jesus Christ, he is the apostle. There's the one who has been sent by God and the high priest, the one who deals with our case before God and he does it with our profession to secure it. Hallelujah to Jesus. Look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 23. Very, very important. I have four points. I better move on. I can stay here. In, I can spend two weeks or three weeks on uh, point one. Actually, I can, it can be a series, a um, five-week, six-week series on just point one. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 23. Sorry, Hebrews 10, 23. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. says, Let us hold resol- uh, in fact, let's, let's use the King James or oh, let's, let's wait for everyone to see it. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. I read it uh, uh, King James, and it. let us hold fast. That word "fast" is firmly, securely our profession of faith without wavering, for He is faithful that promised. Then the NLT says, "Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep His promise." Let us hold tightly, firmly, resolutely to the hope, to the faith we profess. For he is faithful who promised. He is faithful who promised. He is faithful who promised. I said he is faithful who promised. So ladies and gentlemen, before I move to the next point, develop your ability. To speak forth positive confessions, because Jesus Christ is hold firmly your confession, your profession of hope of faith without wavering. Hold it securely. From now on, don't agree to any negative thing. Whose report do you believe? Do you believe the report of the doctor, do you believe the report of Jesus? Do you believe the report of the bank or whoever or the lawyer, or you believe the report of Jesus? Whose report do you believe? If you believe the report of the Lord, then you must walk in that belief and confess it. There are times that you and I would need to keep confessing until it becomes a reality. Or As we are reading the Bible, anytime you are struggling to confess something, do a Bible study on it. Find scripture backing what you are trying to get from God. And as you keep reading the scripture over and over and over again and confessing it, it will move from your mind to your heart. Faith is not the mind. You can have head knowledge and confess till kingdom come. It's not going to matter unless it's in your heart. That's why we must read the word of God day and night. Hallelujah to Jesus. Let's move on. Number two. Develop your ability to preach. Your ability to speak the word to encourage someone. Because, ladies and gentlemen, the preaching, as I'm preaching, it is affecting demonic activity against us. Demons hate the preaching of the word. Demons hate preaching. Demons hate the word. We'll go, we'll go into that soon. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. Why should you and I develop our ability to preach? 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. You see, and that's why camps and stuff are important. Christians want 30-minute message. Quick, quick, quick. But in order to get the word in so that the word will benefit us, we need more than the five minutes or 30 minutes or one hour. We need to have our Bible study ourselves and we need hours of preaching. That's why Apostle Paul, he preached from, look, he preached all night, from early evening till all night, and then Eutychus fell and died. After raising Eutychus from the dead, he continued preaching. He must have preached for maybe 10 hours or so. Continued preaching. Because even the writers of the Bible knew the importance of the word. Jesus, taught them, the the, 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 the on the mount, and different times it taught them for a long time that they have missed their meals, and they were hungry and tired. If God realized the importance of it, then the five-minute thing you are looking for is going to do rubbish for you. Am I preaching to somebody? Because you need more. You need more. You need more, especially if you are in a problem. If you're not in a problem and you are doing your, having a Bible study, then it is going to bless you, even the five minutes. If you are having your own personal Bible study daily and you listen to a five-minute message every week in church, you are are not where you need to be, but you are somewhere because God brought teachers and pastors for a reason. But if you are not having your quiet time and you just have a 30-minute message a week, it's not enough. It's not going to help you. it's not going to help you. Of course, when I say rubbish, it doesn't mean rubbish, rubbish. It just means that it's going to, it's almost going to be like rubbish for you because your problem will not go with a five minute message when you are not studying the word of God yourself. I mean, I get what I'm saying. Very, very important. Very, 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 very important. Now, why is this so? I'll read it again. For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. So preaching, you and I must develop our ability to preach because preaching saves lives. Preaching saves lives. Literally, preaching saves lives. How does it save lives? Because it is through the foolishness of preaching that salvation occurs. It is a preacher who will preach and then it will touch someone and it will give, the person will give their lives to Christ. In general, in general, most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time, it is through the preaching of the gospel that people believe and are saved. The second is that preaching releases the power of God. So the power of God needed to take you and I forward comes by preaching, but not by five minutes or 30 minutes seminar. Pastors have been forced to rush their sermons on Sunday. Thank God, at least I have an hour, but in general, 20 minutes, 30 minutes. If it's more than 30 minutes, then people are looking at their watches. Meanwhile, they are praying, God, help me with the problem. God, help me with the problem. What does the Bible say? God sent his word, and his word healed them, and his word delivered them from their distractions. It's the word. The word of God, we all know it in John chapter 1. And in him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shined in the darkness, and the darkness could not withstand the light of the word, which removes every darkness. So that thirty-minute sermon, without your quiet time, it's not going to do. It's, it's going to be. It's going to amount to a hill of beans. Now, why do I say that? Yes, Timothy, I'm glad you're laughing. It's true. Now, why do I say that? There was a scientific study done. And I think the Bible engagement, a center for Bible engagement, there was a scientific study done with a lot of people. And they realized, true, you can find it out, a Bible engagement, very true scientific study, that people who read their Bibles once a week, there was a graph, once a week had no, no improvement in their lives. There was no improvement in terms of how well they did in their lives, how well they were Christian, how good they were as Christians, how well they did in terms of their their success. It was a flat line. Two times a week reading the Bible was a flat line. How much more? Five minutes or 30 minutes. Three times a week, there was a slight blip on the graph, meaning that there was a very insignificant improvement but there was a slight improvement. From four times a week, the graph moved, spiked. So reading your Bible, engaging in the Bible four or more times a week had a significant improvement. And those who read their Bibles four or more times a week, even though they were doing well, they, they witnessed to people more. When you read the Bible, you, you, if you, when you read the Bible, you know that you have to witness to people. They were engaged in the, the, the uh, pornography dropped. Uh, 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 what again? Uh, 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 alcoholism or addictions dropped greatly just from four times a week and over. All the different struggles, many of them dropped significantly just from four or more times a week. So once a week, no change. Twice a week, no change. What does the Bible say? This book of the Lord shall not depart of thy mouth. Thou shalt meditate upon it day and night. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Daily, once a week, nothing. Twice a week, nothing. Three times a week, even though there's a blip, it doesn't. it's not enough to make a change until so it's four times or more a week. And anyone who was reading the Bible four or more times a week was telling people about Jesus, was was involved in church activities. The list goes on. And many of the problems dropped. During one of the Crusades? I read it. In fact, what I do is I'll share it on Facebook again. I had it on Facebook. I'll share it again. Dropped. So what am I saying? I'm saying that it is very important. The preaching of the word, it releases the power of God. To, to, to help the preaching. So from now on, don't look for a 30-minute sermon in church. Thank. I'm talking to you, but it's not just you. I'm talking to those on social media. I don't preach for 30 minutes. <clears throat> so definitely it might not apply to you all. Unless you are someone who secretly in your mind is like, come on, when is he finishing? shut me down our preaching good here. Hallelujah. It releases the power of God. Now, Romans chapter 1, verse 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. I used to be in college and just after college. Or just yeah well just after college i started to go to church but college times just about just look looking for the fun the party the woman or, or I woman, the young lady just doing all those things but i wasn't worried about diseases and i was worried about it but the worry did not prevent me from doing it so It was only the power of God that could stop me from just moving around. It was only the power of God. In the same way, I used to smoke cigarettes 20 sometimes a day, especially when you go to the club. Those who smoke know that when you go to the club or you're drinking alcohol, you can smoke so much. It was very hard to stop cigarettes. I had to reduce the time. Because there are levels of tire too. I don't know, it's changing now. It's been so long. Things could be different now. Maybe they have some sophisticated things. By my day, you had to reduce the tire. And nothing could change it. It it was actually when I became a Christian that removing the past didn't do anything. It was when I became a Christian that the power of God was strong enough to remove it. Because I was going to for different meetings prayer prayer meeting, church meeting, weekday service going for ministry meetings. So I was hearing the word more than three times a week and reading my Bible. So God was able to smash out cigarette smoking and alcohol, alcohol. I drank so much. I even had, I had credit in, uh, uh, in, in England. They call it off license, the liquor store. I had credit there where I would send one of my the ladies who I was misbehaving with, go to the liquor store down the street and, and get a crate of whatever for me and they'll give it to me because they knew I'll pay it. All that stuff. It was the, it actually, it was, I think it was the last uh, one I was able to overcome. It was a taffy, taffy, alcohol. But I did not overcome it because I had the power to overcome it. I had wanted to stop it for a long time, but it was when the preaching occurred. Bishop Richard preaching. Who? Reverend Peter preaching. Reverend Phoebe Binding giving me advice and talking to me. I will drive with him from South, is it, Kensington, all the way to the, the Apache. Talking. It was consistent teaching and hearing the word, being a uh, 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 disciple or mentor, uh, 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 fathered by Reverend Phoebe, always advising me, advising me. It That was what smashed the things out. It, it wasn't because of my own power strength I stopped alcohol. The preaching of the word. It is the power of God. And I was honest. I'll, I'll, I'll tell them. I, as I went to the club yesterday. I'm going for you, so excuse me. I was honest. I need help. Pray for me. I wasn't pretending that I wasn't doing that. I was telling them. What do you think? It is the power of God. I said it's the power of God. It is the power of God. Psalm 107, verse 20. The preaching heals and delivers. It, it does. It heals and delivers. He sent his word and healed them. Now, what was happening before he sent his word? They were in distress, foreclosures at an all-time high in those days, whatever the foreclosures meant. Ripples skyrocketed. Divorce court was at the maximum. Diseases have spiked, and they cry to God. And the Bible says that, and God sent his word, and his word healed them. And he rescued them from their distractions or from the grave. That's why the preaching is important. And then one more with the preaching. Preaching gives hope. Romans fifteen four. Preaching gives hope. There are some people who come to church with no hope, and they live with hope. But they also get the admonition, the exhortation, the rebuke, the correction. Because the word of God, must, there must be some correction, there must be some rebuke, and there must be hope. You can't have all hope. You can't, I can't find it in the Bible. In Timothy, let me show you that verse and I'll continue. All those, everything, you are looking for hope. You hear some people say, oh, I just need a word of hope to boost me. Or it to boost you for a second and then you go back down. Because it's not just hope you need. You need rebuke and correction. Let me show you. Am I preaching to someone? Even the Bible says the word of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and instruction in righteousness. Now, Second Timothy 4, two. before we read that, let me show you that. Preach the word. Apostle Paul telling the pastor Timothy, preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. So, there are three things the pastor is supposed to do. Correct. Rebuke and encourage. Encourage is one-third because if you, even in uh, performance reviews, you can know the things that someone is doing well. And and if you don't tell them the things they need to improve, they will stay at their level. You need to also tell them what they need to improve to move to the next level. What do you think? So Romans 15.4, for whatsoever things were written aforetime, if I let me let you digest, let it digest. Did you get that? Did you get that? So when you're having your quiet time, also look for scriptures that would correct and rebuke you and instruct you. Then at the end, you can look for something to encourage you, which is also important. Romans fifteen four. for whatsoever things were written in the past, were written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. I don't want to even go on to start about hope because there's a lot to say about hope. Without hope, you can't have faith. Without hope, the heart is sick. Hope, the faith, making the heart sick. Actually, depression is a lack of hope. But if you find someone who is reading the Bible four or more times a week, hope will come and sadness will disappear. If you can mute, that would be very great. That, At least the, wherever the noise is coming from. Number three, develop. Of course, we, we need one or two people to say amen if you can. Uh, or just leave it. Just, just, I, I want to be sure that there's no noise. Amen. Number three, just two more. We just have four. Number three, develop your ability to teach. Your ability or your ability to teach. Your ability to teach. Teach. Ecclesiastes 12.9. And moreover, because the preacher was wise, He still taught the people knowledge. Yea, he gave good heed and sought out and set in order many proverbs. So teaching is good for wisdom, for knowledge, and to, 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 to learn a lot of things when we teach. Hallelujah. Now, teaching is important. I'll just teach them, but there's a lot to say about it. Teaching is important because teaching drives away demons and brings healing, literally. There was a time I was having a convention in one of the branches. And I was teaching on uh, 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 fear, the spirit of fear, why the spirit of fear is not good. As I was teaching on it, someone was shaking in the church, fell on the floor, and started foaming their mouth, just in the teaching. I didn't do any. I didn't pray. There was no prayer time just the teaching. Also, in the synagogue, when you read Mark chapter 1, verse 21 to 24, no time to read the whole thing, but you can read it at home. The Bible says that Jesus was teaching in the synagogue, and then a demon started to scream and to cry, why leave us alone? Jesus, thou son of the most high God, why are you tormenting us? He was teaching. He hadn't prayed yet. Because teaching goes in depth and gives you an explanation for things, which You need more time. You you, you need time to teach and to establish something. That's why in school, you can't teach a mathematical principle or or teach an economic principle in five minutes when the person is not going to read it when they go home. So teaching is in-depth. And when you are being taught, so that's why I encourage you to go to the podcast. Go to the podcast. Our purpose podcast. Go to podcast. Listen to message. Also, you listen to some of the messages over again, especially the ones that you feel you need to listen to more. Because the more you hear a message, the more it you get gain understanding, and the more the demons are agitated and cannot survive and have to run. Also, teaching brings healing. Luke five fifteen, the Bible says they came from. Far the multitudes to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. Teaching brings light. Teaching brings light. Think about it. Teaching brings uh, delivers from demons because demons influence people's minds, demons of frustration. Sometimes even demons of suspicion, sometimes demons of 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 quarreling. There's a quarrel, a demon that brings quarreling, always quarreling, always, there's always a quarrel. That is a demon. Or there's a certain mindset of, of, of uh, that, that that can affect people at work. In marriage, so many places. There's, there's, there's some, no, I, 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 you, you can't tell me what to do. I, I know what to do. I'm gonna do it. And then at work, they use that same principle and they, they realize that either they stay at one position, 20 years they're in the same position because you can't tell me what to do. No, you cannot tell me what to do. They're cut. So yes, they are working. God, prayer meeting. Hey, mama, shut the Hey, they're dancing in tongues, but they're on the same level because of that demon that is bringing them I have my rights to my boss. Of course, there are times that you need, your rights are needed to be mentioned, but you need to know when. Teaching brings light. Demons live in and thrive in the darkness. Yes. Demons of frustration, early death, and poverty abide and remain in the darkness. Without light... So many things can go wrong. Imagine you are in the dark, complete dark. You hurt yourself. You cut yourself. You fall. You trip. There are so many things that can go wrong. But you and I, without the word of God, we are in darkness, even though we can see. It's like we are blinded because who knows the future? Even these tutors and witches and all those occult or these card readers, palm readers, Many of them are able to tell you about the past, but who can tell you about the future? Many of them use the past events to do demonic mathematical models to predict the future. Because even even now, what I do at work, I'm able to use the past data to predict what the reserves or uh, premiums will be in the future. You are able to use past data, analyze it, and then predict what the future will be. If we can do that, then what about demons? Who I mean, we have data for maybe usually we have twenty-year data. Demons have it from Adam or from Cain when Cain committed the murder. All the way till now, you think they don't have statistics to be able to use past to be able to see no, this person. If they continue in this path, this will happen, and then they will tell you. But it's only God who knows the future. Every other thing is assumptions and predictions, which usually sometimes is accurate because of past information, and they can tell how this person is behaving, how this person is going. If Christ doesn't come, or if they don't receive light, even as Christians, you'll continue in this path. But the word of God gives light. Psalm 119, verse 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Hallelujah. And a light unto my path. And demons of unforgiveness, darkness of unforgiveness, bitterness, hatred, lust, lying, pride, disobedience, sin thrive in the darkness. But when the light comes, according to John chapter 1, verse 1 to 6, when the light comes, it removes the darkness, it dispels the darkness. But the light comes through the teaching of the word. Because you and I will need to understand the word for light to come. My problem, your problem is light. My problem, your problem is the light of the word. Nothing more. If you are someone who you are struggling with a certain character trait, whether it's lies or whether it is bitterness, whatever it is, it is the light of the word that will blast out the demon of those things. Yeah, what do you think? It's the Lord. More to be said by another time. And finally... Amen, right? Amen. And finally, we need to develop positive proclamations over our lives, over the people in our churches, over our families. Positive is different from the first because positive confessions. This one is proclamations. I confess by his stripes I am healed. I'm confessing it as something that is clear. That is real. That has happened because the Bible says so. I'm proclaiming something I'm trusting God for. I'm proclaiming it. Also very important. And that will be found in Proverbs eighteen twenty one. Death and life. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Depending on how you use and how I use my tongue, death, that word death is not just physical death, dying, but death, failure, being having a lot of bad things happen, happenstance, defeat, loss, hopelessness comes from the tongue victory, success, promotion, long life, come from the power of the time. Let me give you a story, time is almost up in a close. There's a true story of a lady. In fact, I'll give you two quick ones. One, okay, there was a guy who had a pimple and said, hey, this pimple, hey, when will it go, it will kill me, or this pimple, it will kill me until he developed a cancer and died from the cancer. That same pimple somehow turned into a cancer. It could have been a a cell, a a cancer trying to form, or because there are some benign tumors that can become cancerous. So, who knows? I I, I don't know the medical pathology. I don't know. But it started as a pimple, and he kept on touching it and saying, hey, this thing will kill me, it it will kill me until he died. The words. Also, there was a man whose auntie was sick and suffering in pain. And he loved the auntie. There's some aunties you just love them with all your heart. And this was such a person, and she was on her deathbed, dying, suffering in pain. Then the man, in one of the painful experiences the auntie was going through, said, "Oh, if I could take her place, oh, please heal her, Lord. If I could take her place." He died before her. He took her place indeed, and died before her. Why will you say that? Why wouldn't you say, God, please heal her, please? Even Apostle Paul said, "Oh, God healed Ephraclas uh, uh, Afra, uh, for my sake because I would be burdened with so much sorrow." Why, why not say something like that? Why say, "Oh, I wish I'll take a place." The pain is too much, and he indeed took a place and died. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that use it, they that use the tongue well will eat the fruit of death or life, depending on how they use their tongue. Never say, oh, there was a guy who came to see me in church. When we were in Minneapolis, said, oh, you know what? I believe I'm cursed. And I said, are you a Christian? He said, yeah. I said, who can curse whom God has blessed? There's a lady too who felt she was cursed because of some river in Africa, somewhere in Africa, there's some river. So she said she was cursed. And so she went to a church for prayers. And after the prayers, no, sorry. She felt that she had bad luck because of some river. Then she went to a church and that church for prayers. After the prayers, she said to me, in fact, she told her friend that, look, I, I feel I'm accursed after the prayer in the church. It's not every church you get good for prayers. I feel I'm accursed. So nothing was going well for her. In the past, she will get a job after six months. She gets fired until she went to the church. Now, dear, everything is going wrong. So they came to me to pray. I didn't pour oil up. I just told her, we destroyed generational curses, destroyed whatever river, whatever she was talking about. We prayed against it. We prayed in Jesus' name. I told her to do simple things like read the Bible and pray every day. And I believe that I didn't hear any problems after that. Very simple. But confession, never confess that you are cursed. Never confess that, oh, things don't go well with me. Oh, our family, things don't go well. Oh our family, we we have anger issues, oh. Which family are you talking about? The ethnic family or the family in heaven? Which family has anger issues? Surely not the family in heaven. Speak life. Because death and life are in the power of the tongue, And they that love it shall eat the fruits thereof. Speak positive things. Confess positive things. See the importance of preaching. See the importance of teaching. Use your mouth to do good things. Use the power in your mouth to move forward in life. Let us become masters of the powers of the mouth. Hallelujah. Shall we pray? Father God, in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you for your word today. We want to thank you for the mouth, the powers in the mouth to confess good things, to preach, to teach, to proclaim life. We pray, oh God, that you would give us all the grace to speak life, to speak positive things, to speak hope, to speak the words of faith, to to, to, to have life to the fullest through what we say. May we not be engaged in evil with our lips. May our lips not speak guile or treachery or lies. May our lips rather glorify God and edify others in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Whilst we are praying, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you know in your heart that you are not born again, you know in your heart that if you die today, you don't know whether you go to heaven or hell. But you want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. I want to be born again. I'm tired of this life. I'm tired. I've tried it and it does not work. If you know that you are far from God, then I want you to repeat after me. It's that simple. Once you believe in your heart, Romans 10, 9 and 10, you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that he is the son of God, he God manifested in the flesh, God himself, the second person of the Godhead. You believe that he died, his blood was shed for your sins, and God raised him from the dead, you are saved. So repeat after me, heavenly father, I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. I believe that his blood was shed for my sins. I believe, I believe that, that his blood was shed for my sins. sins. I believe that God raised him from the dead. I believe, I believe that, God that God raised him, raised from, him the from the dead. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and come into my life. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus, Jesus please come into my heart come my and come into my life. Please forgive me all my sins and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Praise for Lord for all my, my sins, sins, and cleanse me from all of my, from, my from today, I belong to Jesus Christ. From today, I belong today, to, Jesus, I belong to Jesus, Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Father God, we thank you for those who have given their lives to Christ. We bless you and worship you. Speak to them, strengthen and help them, in Jesus' name, Amen. God bless you all on social media. Thanks for joining. I pray that you use your mouth to first of all glorify God and to have a good and blessed life, because death and life are in the power of the tongue. They that love it shall eat the fruits thereof. God bless you until next time. Shalom, shalom, and God bless you. Church. The Lord bless you. We pray that the blessings of the Lord.